during week 217 of Brad is Branded Thoughts. A look at Iowa football's 2023 schedule. Now that the NFL draft has been completed, now that spring practice has come and gone, what should expectations be for the Hawkeyes this season? Plus, our second exclusive sit-down with incoming Iowa football defensive tackle Ontario Thompson. Ontario was an early enrollee this spring. What will he bring to Iowa, and how does he fit in with a very deep and talented Hawkeye defensive line group? All that and more during Week 217 of Brad's Branded Thoughts. This is from the Hawkeye of the Storm. But before we get to our content for today, want to make sure we give a shout out to Iowa Floor Covering and their Tough Core Click Together 4.5 millimeter waterproof vinyl flooring. I've talked about their flooring for months now. If you have not supported or checked out their awesome office down in Bondurant, be sure to do this. You can also check them out online, iowafloorcovering.com slash DIY, and you can get an unbelievable rate on this Tough Core Click Together Flooring at just $269 per foot with self-installation. Again, visit them in person, or of course, you can visit them online, and be sure to let them know that from the Hawkeye of the Storm sent you. We appreciate Tyler, Ryan, and the guys down at Iowa Floor Covering in Bondurant. So spring practice is in the books. The NFL draft is in the books. Four guys taken inside the top three rounds of the NFL draft. Four Iowa football players. And nobody taken in the fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh rounds. Not even Kayvon Merriweather, who was on a number of draft boards. He, Of course, he uh, opted out of the bowl game against Kentucky. Don't blame him for that, but he ended up having to sign a free agent deal with Tampa Bay. You had a number of other free agent signing deals. Seth Benson's with the Broncos. Monty Potabom got a deal with the Steelers. A number of guys uh, getting a chance, and they'll get chances in camps. We understand that. That's a yearly occurrence. But you look at what Iowa lost there at the top. A lot of talent, maybe more talent than we thought. Obviously, we know what Sam Laporta did, what Jack Campbell did. The fact that Lucas Van Ness was taken inside the top 15 of the NFL draft. And then you have Riley Moss, the DB, taken in the third round. Uh, Iowa's losing some really high-tier, top-end talent. And it makes you pause a bit. Although, position-wise, I think they're losing from positions that, for the most part, with the exception of being linebacker, I think there are still some questions there. Iowa does bring a lot of talent at the other groups that they lost those players from. So uh, Lucas Van Ness departing from the defensive line. Obviously, Ontario Thompson, we're going to be talking with him here in a few minutes. He's coming in along with Aaron Graves, who's in his second year now. And just a plethora of guys that Phil Parker, Kelvin Bell and company are comfortable running with this fall. And then you look at the defensive back room. It is thinner. I know Iowa's looking at the transfer portal. They've got a kid coming in from Rhode Island, a grad transfer who will be visiting Iowa here shortly. So Iowa's looking to pad the numbers at DB, I think specifically at corner. But you bring back Cooper DeGene, who may be the best corner in the Big Ten. He's projected to be a potential first or second round draft pick in 2024 if he chooses to declare and leave school early. And Iowa's really loaded at tight end. I mean, this is as deep of a tight end group. I talked about this uh, on some recent segments here from the Hawkeye of the Storm and on our sister channel, Iowa Football at the Voice of College Football with the one and only Mark Rogers. Iowa is loaded at tight end. I really liked what I saw from Steven Stilianos at the open spring practice, and he's probably the fourth guy on the list because you got Eric All, Luke Lachey, and Addison Estringa all coming on. Honestly, all four of those guys could play. Injuries always happen. I think you're four deep there at least. Losing fullback is not usually a concern, although I do think it's going to be 
quite fascinating to see what Hayden Large does if he ends up being the starting fullback at six foot five, uh, running back there in the backfield. That should be intriguing. But the point is, Iowa did lose pieces, but I think they're in position to replace most of those pieces. I mentioned the one big question mark for me defensively would still be linebacker. I know Iowa's high on Jay Higgins. They're high on Kyler Fisher. Uh, Justice Sullivan walking away from football, unfortunately. He was a guy that we've had pegged for a couple of years now. When would he emerge? He was a fairly highly touted kid. Jaden Harrell has been mixed in the conversation. You're also going to get Nick Jackson from Virginia. Remember, he shows up this summer, so he will help. You look at the schedule, and I've talked with Mark Rogers about this during our Tuesday afternoon show. But you look at the schedule, Iowa's got a good chance of getting to 10 wins. And I mean good chance. I understand it's hard to do that. It's easier said than done. But the Cade McNamara effect is substantial. Does that mean Iowa will win two to three extra games as opposed to if they ran this season with Spencer Petras? I don't know. Maybe. I'm looking more so at total offensive ranking. We know they were almost dead last in that category last season. My guess, just ballparking this, is the addition of Cade McNamara at quarterback should at least drive them up 20 to 30 spots in the ranking. So you're talking about, I think at a minimum, going from 130th in the country in total offense to at least 110 to 100 in total offense. By the way, those are still bad numbers, but I think just the addition of Cade McNamara does that for you. There are major question marks at wide receiver. I've talked about the thin, thin group. The only guy, the only scholarship guy who practiced during that open practice here a couple Saturdays ago was Deontay Vines. Nico Ragaini should be healthy. Question marks surrounding Seth Anderson. He's got a nagging hamstring issue. That's a concern. Jacob Bostic, we hope he'll be back as well. And Iowa's got a few freshmen coming in this summer. They are looking at adding somebody in the portal. But as of right now, the window is closed. It's May 1st. Iowa has not had a single scholarship player enter the portal. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be scholarships available come fall. Let's keep this in mind that there's always a potential for guys leaving for other reasons, walking away from football. There could be guys that enter the transfer portal as grad transfers, and there could also be guys that enter the portal during uh, that fall, late summer, fall window. So am I concerned that there aren't scholarships open? Not really. The fact that they're bringing in the kid from Rhode Island here soon, um, he's a grad transfer. I mean, obviously they believe that they're going to have spots available. But as of right now, based on the numbers we have, I don't believe they have anybody. I don't believe they have any open scholarships to offer. But they're obviously looking at DB. They have made contact with a couple of wide receivers, one of which being a pretty high-profile kid that just entered the portal from Colorado. And I applaud them for that. I've dogged on them for not making contact with the big names. They appear to be doing that to an extent. But again, I question numbers-wise, what will they do? And I hate to bring up the elephant in the room, but the fact that Spencer Petrus is still taking up a scholarship, despite the fact that I don't believe he's projected to be in a, in a place where he'll play this fall, he's been working, apparently he's been working with the offensive line group as a scholarship player coach. And I understand the apologists and the Kirk Ferentz defenders who are going to come at me and say, oh, Corey, you have no idea what kind of value he brings. I, I'm not doubting Spencer Petrus's value to this roster and to this staff. But if he's part of the staff, make him part of the staff. All right, you got a limited number of scholarships. If Spencer Petrus being on scholarship takes away from a wide receiver or even a DB that Iowa desperately needs, then I think shame on the coaching staff for allowing that to take place. And it's got nothing to do with wanting to oust Spencer Petrus. He's been here four years. All right. 
He's using his extra year, his COVID year, to come back apparently as a player coach. It doesn't sound like he's projected to be in the rotation at quarterback this fall, or at least a part of the active roster from what I've heard, from what I've read. I haven't talked to Spencer, have not talked to uh, Brian Ferentz, the quarterback's coach. We'll get a chance, obviously, to do that in August at Media Day. But that is going to be a storyline. If Iowa doesn't have open roster spots, I will count on something happening. And I was surprised that nobody entered the portal before the portal window closed yesterday. I am surprised they didn't lose a couple of guys. I was told in mid-April that it was likely Iowa was going to have one or two guys enter the portal. They were on scholarship. They did lose a couple of walk-ons, which opened up a couple of roster spots. But uh, they were over the limit anyways. So we'll see what happens with the scholarships. I know Drew Stevens is officially on scholarship, and rightfully so. He's got a chance to be one of the all-time greats at kicker. But let's take a look at the schedule, because we can talk all we want. Let's actually look at the schedule, and and i kind of give you an idea of my expectations for this team. Again, assuming that Iowa doesn't really add a whole lot at wide receiver, which they need to. They don't really add a whole lot at defensive back, which I think they should. I don't think it's nearly as big of a need as, as the need at wide receiver. I still think this team has a chance to be a 9-10 to 10 win team, and that's even assuming that the offense only improves to maybe 110th or 100th in the country, given the Cade McNamara effect. You look at the first few weeks of 2023. Utah State should be a win at home. You go to Iowa State, a team that had a, a porous record last year. Obviously, that's always difficult to play in Ames. But you would expect Iowa to be favored in that game. You'd expect Iowa to win at home against Western Michigan. Their first big challenge comes against Penn State on September 23rd. They're on the road. Now, that is a Penn State team with a new-looking roster, a new-looking offense with a new quarterback. I know they're high on the the five-star there in uh, State College. However, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all that Iowa gets them early. So they get them on the 23rd, but you'd expect them to lose that game. That would make them 3-1. and one. Again, we're kind of just rattling this off as we go. Michigan State at home. Iowa's going to be favored in that game or will likely be favored in that game. Home against Purdue. What will Purdue look like? They've got an overhauled roster, overhauled coaching staff. You would expect Iowa to be favored at home against Purdue. At Wisconsin will be difficult, but they've got a new head coach. Let's assume they lose because they're on the road, but again, Different-looking roster there. Tanner Mordecai looked really bad at quarterback during the open spring practice. We'll assume they lose that one. That's two losses. Home against Minnesota, Iowa has dominated that series. They lose Mo Ibrahim, the Gophers do. Kalik Manis, the quarterback, is back. He should be much improved. But again, you're at home against a team Iowa's dominated in recent seasons. I like Iowa there. Iowa goes on the road to play Northwestern at Wrigley Field. Definitely going to be favored in that one. Rutgers at home, you're going to be favored in that one. Illinois at home, you should be favored in that one. Nebraska on the road, probably will be favored in that one. We'll see what the Huskers look like by late November. But what is that? Three losses? That's potentially nine and three, and that's assuming they lose games against a new-look Nebraska team, a new-look Wisconsin team, and they lose at Penn State, which I think is the most assured loss on the schedule, if there are any. Uh, Could they win 10 or 11 games? Sure. I mean, if Nebraska and Wisconsin, I mean, even Illinois lost quite a bit. I mean, they lost a lot. They lost some major draft picks. I believe they had five guys drafted, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this past weekend. Brett Bielema has got some work to do. Michigan State's been extremely up and down since they awarded that massive contract to Mel Tucker. I mean, so many coaching changes, so many offseason quarterback changes. I mean, anything's possible. They're not going under the seven-win mark. That's why that ridiculous clause in the contract for Brian Ferentz was was just that ridiculous. 
the fact that you're setting the bar at six and six plus a bowl win to get to seven wins to qualify for a, a bonus and the renew basically the renewal of a contract is absurd could they lose as many as four games boy maybe maybe right four or five games is possible but i could see iowa winning nine to eleven games um honestly they may be favored in 11 out of the 12 with the one exception being at penn state i mean i'm not making any uh, final predictions right now but looking up and down that schedule i see a nine to ten win team and i mean look kirk ferentz deserves credit he's managed to limp Poor, poor, poor offenses, to say the least, to nine to 10 win seasons quite often, right? You look back at 2019, there were moments that year. Obviously, the, the bowl game against USC was a high point for the offense, but the offense wasn't very good, even in, under Nate Stanley in his senior year. Obviously, it was abysmal in 2021 when they won 10 games. Uh, you know, they win six games in 2020. The offense was actually some semblance of a functional unit. We know the storylines in 2022, they somehow find a way to eight games in spite of the fact that they were absolutely atrocious on that side of the ball. This might be the final year that Kirk Ferentz is able to get away with putting this type of unit on the field and still reaping success in the wins column. Because look, things are going to change next year. We've talked about the redistribution of divisions. The schedule is going to change. NIL and the transfer portal continue uh, to take precedent and have a big impact on college football. And although Kirk Ferentz has found a way to be semi-effective in the portal, you still wonder if he can keep up with this era of how things are, are operated and how things are being done, whether you like it or not. It's an arms race, and you wonder how fast will Kirk Ferentz be able to go keep up with this thing, and uh, you know how long will he want to keep up with this thing. I would not be shocked at all, folks, if Kirk Ferentz walks away after the 2023 season. We'll see what happens with Brian. I expect Brian to meet his mark of seven wins. I expect Brian to meet his mark of 25 points per game. Won't guarantee that, but I would expect that he would based on Cade McNamara, based on what they have coming back at running back, and based on a really good tight end room. They don't have to be great on offense. They need to be, probably be top 75 for me to feel comfortable with saying, yes, they are winning the West, absolutely winning the West. I could see them winning the West, though, with a top 110 offense, frankly. I mean, they almost won the West last year with 130th ranked offense. Think about that for a second. Had they beaten Nebraska week, what was it, 13, uh, they would have been in the Big Ten championship game. So the West is the West, and this might be the last year that Kirk Ferentz is able to get away with that. We'll see what improvements are made. I don't expect some massive uh, jump up in the in the rankings, but I do expect the Cade McNamara effect to be a significant one. So we'll continue to talk about it, but I thought we'd just kind of run through my thoughts about the schedule, about the units, about the draft and all of this, and we'll see what Iowa does in the portal. I know they're targeting defensive backs and uh, wide receivers, but they have to have open scholarships, open roster spots. So we shall see what we shall see. It'll all work out. We know one way or another, and you'll get the freshmen coming in this summer uh, to uh, – add depth to a number of rooms as well. So with that being said, let's talk to one of Iowa's early enrollees this past spring. Defensive tackle Ontario Thompson, former Iowa Western star, Juco star Ontario Thompson, who's also a national champion. He joins the show for the second time coming up after this break, an exclusive interview with Iowa defensive tackle Ontario Thompson. Stay tuned. Straight from the man cave, Kinnick under the kitchen, authentic, original player art prints are being drawn up for Hawkeye fans everywhere. From under the kitchen's Murray legacy print, which features former Hawkeye Kenyon Murray, current Hawkeye Chris Murray, and current Sacramento King Keegan Murray, to football players Lucas Van Ness, Tori Taylor, and Cooper DeGene, to wrestlers Tony Cassiope, Alex Marinelli, 
and real woods. Oh, and only one of the greatest athletes to ever compete at Iowa, Spencer Lee. There are so many options available and they make great gifts. Visit Under the Kitchen on Facebook or at Under the Kitchen's new website. It's underthekitchen.square.site. That's underthekitchen.square.site. Check out Under the Kitchen today and get your authentic, original Hawkeye print. It's real. Now we've got a guy who's... uh... <laughs> we just won a natty. I mean, just you just won a natty. And Ontario, you you know that uh, fans here want success. You literally are the epitome of success at the college level. First of all, thank you for being here. You just coming off a national championship at Iowa Western. What's it been like? It's been unreal. I mean, like, I mean, like, I still can't believe that I'm a national champ. Like, if you like look back into it, all them hard, them hard summers, all them hard workouts, all them just all the hard work that we put in as individuals and as a group, it's it's just speechless. I mean, like we still we still talk about it to this day. Like we're really natural champs. We really made it all the way here. Everybody doubted us. Everybody didn't believe we was gonna make it here, and we made it. And when we got the opportunity to make it in the playoffs, we knew it was the last chance we uh, ever play with each other. And the last game, the national championship game, we we did it all. We played our all. We shot out the number one team, what they said was the number one team, and we were crowned national champs. You made it official. You are a Big Ten defensive lineman. We don't have time to go through everything today, but you're a debut kid. You're an Iowa kid. You you went through tribulation. You, you, you stuck to your values that were instilled by different mentors in your life, including some coaches that I know mean a lot to you. But what's it feel like to have come full circle and – you're able to go back to Eastern Iowa as a Big Ten defensive tackle. It's crazy. I mean, if you take a look back at the uh, when we first talked in the episode where I was explaining my life story, I mean, I was never looked at as some crazy athlete growing up. I never looked at myself that way. I never believed in myself as a crazy athlete. I went just, I was into video games. I was just a kid that liked to stay in the house. And then when I got the opportunity, when I actually wanted to play sports, no, I, no one believed in me at first. Nobody, nobody thought I was going to get to where I'm at right now. So like that fueled me to do, to do what I am today. I'm a big 10 defensive tackle. People dream about these moments. People, I got people texting me telling, oh, you came from my hometown debut. You, you, you got me. I, um, you got. I got people looking up to me, and I never had. I was looking up to people. I was looking up to people, and just for people to just look up to me as somebody that got out of the Dubuque, Iowa, that made it to Big Ten, made it to play Power Five college football is just crazy. And I just, I'm signed. I'm, I'm a part of Iowa, and I'm, I'm ready. Like I'm so ready. Like. I'm ready to give my 100% all to this program. What's that going to do for you, be able to get there in the spring and tear some heads off? I get a head start, man. I get a head start into uh, uh, being coached by Coach Bell, learning the plays, learning all the schemes. And when spring ball comes around, I'm going to already be 10 toes, 10 steps ahead. Jordan in our chat, he says uh, something about – the future potentially with you and Aaron Graves. What do you know about Aaron Graves? 
I mean, I seen, so I was scrolling on my phone one time, I was going through Instagram stories, and then a video popped up of him, and it was like, and it was just showing how he was a multi-sport athlete that was dominating wrestling, he, he hooped, and he played football, he ended up being, I think he was, I think he was player of the year, was he player of the year? I, 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 I'm sure he was. It, it was some, it was some crazy like that. And then I, I went to uh the Iowa visit. I got to see him practice, and he big. That's a big boy right there, man. I, all of them big. I went there and I thought I was big. I got to see real. I got to see more people about my size develop like me. And then I can't wait to get up there and just knock some heads off, man. You imagine, I mean, you, I mean, we can imagine it as, as people who cover the sport, follow the sport, you and Aaron Graves together in a couple of years. I mean, I'm not saying it, it could happen sooner than we think, but I mean, you too, potentially, and we'll see if Aaron's stick, you know, he was kind of recruited as a DN. As you know, Kelvin Bell likes to run guys all over the place, right? He's going to mix and match with, with combos. And, you know, we didn't see as much as a Raider package where guys are standing up and kind of moving across that line. But man, that, that is a, uh, Good reason, Jordan, in our, our chat. Good point, seeing you and Aaron Graves in the football field at the same time here, potentially in the next year or two. What do you bring to Iowa that is unique? You are, I, I can tell you my opinion, uh, your speed off the line, right? I mean, you get off your spot quickly. You obviously have a knack for getting to the uh, quarterback. Just talk about your skill set. What makes Ontario Thompson special in the football field? I mean, like you said, my speed at my size, I feel like I'm very quick, very twitchy. I feel like coming into Iowa, I can bring a little finesse in there. Um, I'm really good with my hands. I'm very powerful with my hands. And I got really long arms. I got really long arms. Man, I can bring a lot to Iowa's defense. And, like, people – and I like this. I want to bring this up, too, for the fans and everything. Everybody's calling me Davion Nixon 2.0. And this and that. I like to say I appreciate the compliments, but I, w- I would like to come in as Ontario Thompson. I don't want to come in with these expectations of being like Davion Nixon. I know he came from our school. I know we were the same number at the school. We both came to Iowa, but I just want to be known as myself, Ontario Thompson. No, no disrespect to what he did for the Iowa program. He was very dominant. And you see he's drafted, but I like I like to change it up, come in as Ontario Thompson. Just, I just wanted to tell the fans that. I appreciate that. And you are you are your own guy. And and it's natural. I mean, you know, the, the comparisons are going to be made. I think I when I asked you a few weeks ago, I said, well, who do you emulate? I think maybe you brought up Davion Nixon. But it, it, I think the, the great thing about your story, and, and certainly Davion Nixon, he went through adversity in high school, but you really, I mean, you're talking, you were, it, there were times prior to to uh, going to Iowa Western where you were talking about not playing football anymore, right? I mean, we, were, we weren't even, we would have never gotten here. We would have never gotten to Iowa Western. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure to share this again later. I'll share the link in the live chat. People need to go back and listen to that interview uh, with you here a few weeks ago, but in, it briefly, I know you got to go and we got a schedule here. Tell us what, caused you to who caught who helped you and what caused you to stick with football and endure the difficult times uh my grandma man i mean like i lost her uh lost her three three four years ago on thanksgiving day uh and i was hurt i didn't want i i didn't feel like myself i lost a part of me and i would i'd lost 
the sport of football. I'm, um, I let things get to me. I uh, messed up academically and it, I got a concussion prior from the days I was going to return to play football. And it was just a lot of emotions that came in and I ended up quitting the game of football. But I sat down one night. I felt my grandma was with me at that moment and she was telling I had a conversation with her. And I was she let me know, man, I. She let me know you can't quit the game of football. I felt I felt her voice. You can't quit the game of football. What would you do if I was still here? And I told her I keep. I, I told her I'm a, I'm a dog. I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm gonna do it for you. I got her name tatted on me. I'm doing this for my grandma. I do this for my mother. I do this for my family. I do it for everybody that believe in me. I, I mean the fans. I'm fans. I'm just letting y'all know now, man. I'm I got a motor. I'm coming in, I'm coming in hungry. I'm coming in determined to be the best I can be and be the best I can be for the Iowa program. And it's one thing, I, I know I keep going back to adversity. It's one thing to feel that, but when you have been able, you have overcome those things because if you're riding on top of the world, Ontario, and you never experience adversity, you may have all the confidence in the world, but what happens when things get rough? You've been through those times and things will, you're going to experience adversity in the Big Ten level, but it sounds like you feel confident you can, meet those adversities uh, head on as they come. Uh, Erica has a super chat for you. Thank you, Erica. She says, Ontario, I'm the fan who complimented your interview on this channel a few weeks ago. Excited to see you in the black and gold. So, and, and I, again, reiterating everybody in our chat, people are pumped to see you get it done in an Iowa uniform here soon. Ontario Thompson, uh, six foot three, 295 guy who runs a four, six, 40, four, yeah. six, 40. <laughs> that's pretty fast folks for a 300 pound dude. So uh, we, we look forward to seeing you uh, running that fast at uh, opposing quarterbacks in the big 10 here very soon, Ontario. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining, sir. We'll, we'll see you soon. All right, man. You have a good one. Ontario's a cool kid, man. I, I love talking to him. Love the dog in the shot as well. Um, great personality. Ontario's come from a, I don't want to say a rough past. He's had a lot of things to deal with, right? He's dealt with tribulation, if you will. And it's only going to make him stronger. I think it has made him stronger. I think he's got a really good attitude, a humble attitude, but he also recognizes he's got the potential to be great. And he's uh, he's looking to carve out his own role, not Davion Nixon's role, not anyone else's role, his own role. And boy, what a unit that defensive line could be this year and in 2024 with potentially having Aaron Graves and Ontario Thompson anchoring the middle of that defensive line. What a unit. That could very well be, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the edge rushers do as well with Joe Evans back for an extra year, with Ethan Herkett back, with Deontay Craig developing another year. Fun, fun unit. Defensive line is going to be a strength for the defense in 2023 and beyond. Appreciate you tuning in for another segment here, another episode of Brad's Branded Thoughts here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. A reminder to hit the like button, share our videos out, and comment. What did you think about our interview with Ontario Thompson and my thought on the 2023 football schedule and season. What are your expectations for the Hawkeyes? And we will talk to you next time right here from the Hawkeye of the Storm.